Fighting the Lies of Satan. And our focus was on, first of all, confessing if we have believed some of those lies, repenting, turning away from those lies, and believing the truths of God's word that sets us free from those lies. The series was kind of a, it's kind of heavy, okay? Uh, it was kind of like, okay, I really need to look at my life. I really need to see if I understand and uh, am I feeling, am I getting some of these lies in my life? Um, and a lot of introspection and just a lot of, uh, you know, checking to see if I'm on the right pathway or not. Well, we finished that series last week. And so we're moving on. And today I want to do something really different from what we have been doing. Uh, a little bit more lighthearted, I guess you might say. And um, I would like for us to just, as we're getting ready for our new pastor to come, just maybe to hit on two or three topics that I think are important. And the one today, although I said it's lighthearted, yet it's also one that could change our lives completely. It's one that if we really took it to heart, this summer could be a time of real spiritual growth for us. And so I want to talk about breaking out of your rut. I love that picture there. Okay, breaking out of our rut. Let me begin by asking a question. How many ministers do we have at Crossway Church? Okay. Two, I saw one, and I heard 70 to 80. Take your Bibles. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Of course, somebody's already seen my sermon notes. Ephesians chapter 4, let me read 11 and 12. It says, It was he, Christ, there, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for the works of service or ministry, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God gave the church gifted individuals that he gifted in order that the people, the saints, would be prepared to do the ministry. And so the correct answer is 70 to 80 ministers. You all are ministers here at Crossway Church. You're not all pastors, but you are all ministers. We are all ministers. As as we get closer to our new pastor coming, um, I kind of want to do some things to kind of prepare us for a new pastor. Actually, everything I've been doing since December has been kind of on that line. But, But more specifically to focus... On, on the care of, of a pastor. And one of the things that I have found from being a pastor is that there's a tendency to get in a rut. Have you noticed that? 
tendency to get in a rut. Um, and you all are ministers, so all of you all, you know, you, there's a tendency for all of us to get into ruts. Now, someone defined a rut as a grave with the ends kicked out. Okay? And that's, that's pretty good. You know, it's really hard to break out of a rut. It's like that motorcycle there. It, it's, it's dug in. It's really easy to stay in a rut. The problem with being in a rut is the rut takes you where it wants to go, not where you want to go. And ruts in ministry take us on a course that that we don't really have any control over. And, and ruts also become boring. I'm a person who likes variety. I love variety. Uh, I don't like the same thing over and over and over again, even though I do some things the same over and over and over again. So today I want to talk about some ideas for for getting out of personal ruts as well as getting out of spiritual ruts. So let's get started this morning. Number one, how to get out of our rut. Here it is. Get outside. Get outside. Get outdoors. Do you know that there's more of God's creation outdoors than indoors? Think about that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go over to Psalm 19, verse 1. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The heavens declare the glory of God. That's outside, okay? The computer declares the glory of Bill Gates and proclaims the works of his hands. Not God's, okay? It's outdoors, the heavens. It's God's creation that, that declares his glory, proclaims the work of his hands. Over in Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 3. Isaiah 6, 3. The, the, the angels, the seraphim, cherubim, they're, they're declaring these statements and says, one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's the earth that's full of his glory. It's the outdoors that's full of his glories. Now, all winter long, we have been cooped up in our houses. Okay? It's been cold, it's been wet, it's been dark. This is Washington, okay? Um, We get into our rainy weather routine. We get into our winter routine. Uh, We pick which television shows we want to watch during the winter, all right? And and then summer comes along. don't watch the reruns of those shows you watched all winter, okay? Let's break out of that rut. Let's, let's save that for the winter rut, okay? Let, let's turn off the television for the summer. 
Let, let's get outdoors. I must confess that I am a fan of Facebook, okay? I like Facebook, and, and several reasons I like Facebook. Number one is that's where we see the pictures of our grandchildren, okay? When you've got grandchildren all around the world, you know, it's about the only place you can go see pictures of your grandkids is, is, is on Facebook. Somebody said that since the advent of Facebook, we know more about what's happening in the world out there, but less of what's happening right here. And so I have kind of challenged myself that I'm going to stay away from Facebook for the summer. That's one rut I'm going to get out of. I don't know if I can do that or not. But I want to get out of that rut. That's, that's my winter rut, okay? I, I might have to sneak on just to see pictures of my grandchildren from, you know, every once in a while. But uh, I, want, I want to try... Yeah. I managed to live without Facebook for 65 years. You know, maybe I can do it again. It, uh, we'll, we'll see. And, and if it works real well... I just may stay off of Facebook until after the next presidential election. Uh, there are some things about Facebook I don't like. We live in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. In my lifetime, I've lived in Washington, I've lived in South Carolina, I've lived in Michigan, I've lived in New Jersey, I've lived in Florida, I've lived in California. Now we're back to Washington again. And I think Washington is probably the most beautiful place that we have lived. And if you don't believe it, just ask anybody from Wisconsin. You know, they'll, they'll tell you. Um, you know, we, we have mountains. I remember I grew up in Washington and I... I skied a lot through high school and then moved to Michigan, and someone said, let's go skiing. And I looked around Michigan and said, where's the mountains? You know, you, you, you know they're, 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 we've got mountains here. We, we have water here. Two weeks ago, out on Converse and Sedgwick, you know where that corner is? There was a boat for sale on that lot. I came so close to buying that boat. It was just a matter of a few hundred dollars between what he was wanting and what I was willing to pay. I'd love to get a boat, you know, and get out on... I mean, we've got all this beautiful water. Uh, take advantage of it. In this part of the country, I never realized this until I lived in the southern United States, but we get the longest daylight time of the country out here. It, it's, it's light till 9.30 at night here. That's not true down in Florida. It's not true down in California or South Carolina where we live. Um, you know, we got plenty of time after work to, to get outdoors, to, to enjoy it. Ladies and men, let the housework slide for the summer. Okay? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. Just 
yeah, I mean, keep it clean, but don't, let's not obsess over the inside. You know, there's plenty of time this winter to, to be indoors. Take a hike. Take a drive. Go on a picnic. Um, be spontaneous. This last Friday. Uh, Friday is kind of our unofficial pizza night, okay, at our house. And uh, Karen's, and, and so we were talking about where do we want to go out and get pizza or delivery, what do we want? And Karen said, let's go to Polsbo. Polsbo? Yeah, there's an Italian restaurant there on the waterfront, and we went there and we had pizza, and then we did something that we've never done. We walked across the street and sat on a bench and watched boats come in and out of the harbor there at Polsbo. Okay, breaking out of our rut. Well, we were sort of still in the rut with the pizza, but we kind of broke out (laughs) for the boats, okay? You know? don't make it a lot of work, though. Have you ever been on those picnics where it was so much work you just wish you'd stayed home? You know? Uh, just get out and relax. Enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy God's creation. I don't know if you've ever heard of a famous preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon or not. He lived back in the 1800s. He was a real big fan of seeking God out outside. He said this, surely everything that comes from the hand of such a master artist as God has something in it of himself. There are lovely spots on this fair globe which ought to make even a blasphemer devout. I have said among the mountains, he who sees no God here is mad. And Spurgeon's words are echoed in the words of that great hymn, How Great Thou Art, as we look at God's creation. Well, don't just go out. Let's let's make that part of our spiritual growth as well. Break out of your, your, your spiritual disciplines and do them outdoors. Okay? Take your Bible, take your devotional book, go outdoors to a quiet spot, have your, your personal time outdoors with the Lord. But if you've got a prayer partner or, or someone that you do Bible study with and, and you always meet at a restaurant or in the basement or whatever, you know, find a spot outdoors. And, and, and have your time together. Sit in the shade of a tree or, or bask in the heat of the sun while, while directing your thoughts to the creator of, of the sun and the trees. Now, there's a warning that comes with this. Don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together with the saints on Sunday. Don't say, well, I'm just going to, on Sunday, I'm just going to go out in the mountains and, and, and worship God there. What you can't do alone in the woods is encourage other believers. What you can't do in the woods is comfort other believers. We still need to gather with the other saints of God. And, and you know, being alone is good for a while. Jesus broke up his, his ministry with the crowds and went away to be alone for a while, but then he returned again. Being alone too much is, becomes harmful. 
So my first suggestion for getting out of both our physical rut and a spiritual rut is let's incorporate more of outdoors into it. Here's my second idea. Change your diet. Change your diet. Eat more summer foods. Okay? Now, we associate certain foods with certain seasons, don't we? When do we eat turkey? Thanksgiving, okay? Cake and ice cream. Birthdays, okay? Ham. Easter, you know, some, some don't. You know, we associate certain foods with certain events, certain times of the year. We have summer foods. This really goes back before the advent of microwaves and air-conditioned houses. And during the hot months of the summer, the, the kitchen pretty well closed down because nobody wanted to cook a hot meal during the hottest part of the day. I remember going back to my grandparents' house in Brookfield, Missouri, and we always went in a two-week period of time that included the 4th of July because my dad got off an extra day, so it would be an extra day for our trip. I want to tell you, Brookfield, Missouri on the 4th of July is hot and it's muggy and it's miserable, and there was no air conditioning, You know, there was a fan, and my brother and I took turns pushing each other out of the way so that we could uh, sit in front of the fan uh, there. They didn't cook a big, heavy, hot meal. We ate foods that that you didn't have to, to do a lot of cooking. We ate a lot of salads. We ate corn on the cob and tomatoes and cucumbers and, you know, We ate meat that could be grilled outside like hot dogs and and hamburgers. Side note, hot dogs have gotten a bad rap. Okay? Hot dogs have gotten a really bad rap. You know, people saying, you don't know what's gone into that thing or whatsoever. Okay, for, for those of you who feel that way, let me tell you, there, there is a brand of hot dogs out there that is kosher, all beef, no additives or anything, and it's just as good for you as a hamburger that you'd grill on the grill. So, you know, don't, don't give hot dogs a bad rap. Okay? Uh, I like cooking hot dogs. In fact, my idea of a great date with my wife is going to Costco and getting a Polish sausage and a drink. Uh, that's... And it's easy on the pocketbook, too. Uh, Okay. But when I say change your eating habits, I mean more than just physically. I think we need to change up our spiritual eating habits, our spiritual diet as well. Let me give you just some ideas that maybe help you get out of a, a rut with your spiritual habits. Number one, if you spend most of your time reading, say, from the Gospels, During the summer, go over into the the minor prophets or something. Go into a part of your Bible that's not well-worn. You know, you can tell where I spend most of my time reading because it's the most worn and it's right there. And sure enough, there's the Psalms. Okay? Um, 
For me, getting out of my spiritual rut means getting out of the book of Psalms. Um, If you don't read much from the book of Psalms, spend the summer over there. There's great stuff in the book of Psalms. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You don't have to turn there, but basically uh, what it says is that there's a time and a season for everything. Turn, turn, turn for those of you who are old enough to remember that song. Uh, A time and a season for everything. The trouble is, we like to stay in one season. We, we, We find something we like, and we get into that rut, and we just stay in that rut. Uh... I'm going to recommend something radical, okay? And again, if you don't like it, fire me, all right? Uh, For a spiritual change, listen to a different type of church service or watch a different type of of church service on on television, I came from the, the Bible church movement back in the, in the 50s. And uh, basically our church, we did away with everything that had to do with a liturgy. Um, and uh, it, it, in fact, if we, I mean, we didn't do the Apostles' Creed. We didn't do the Lord's Prayer. We didn't do a lot of the things that a lot of churches do. And... Uh, and, and kind of felt we were probably more spiritual because we didn't do those things, you know, type of thing. Um, well, one of the things was, I remember on the topic of prayer, um, we were told, don't read your prayers from something somebody already wrote. You know, uh, come up with your own prayers with God. You know, I, I have found that um, reading prayers out of an old prayer book has been really refreshing for me. Uh, you know, they, they said something in a way I, I could never really express uh, on my own. And, and so I found that r- maybe even reading some of these older writers, uh, a book by Andrew Murray called The Holiest of All, uh, written a long time ago, a different century, late 1800s. He wrote from a completely different paradigm, one that I don't think from, okay? And, uh, and I, I find it refreshing to, to read something, and sure, I'm not going to agree with everything. Now, I've had people say, well, you know, you, you shouldn't go out there because you might find something you disagree with and, and so on. I, you know, that's okay. It's okay to disagree, my wife and I do it all the time, okay? It's perfectly fine. Take what you can. Use your filters that you already have. But explore new areas within Christianity, different perspectives, different paradigms. So that was number two, change your diet. Number three, get active. Get active. During the winter, I think we all have a tendency to become couch potatoes, okay? We we sit 
uh, we, we, we watch TV, we, be, you know, we read, and, and we, be, we become just kind of couch potatoes. Let's change that. Uh, I had several projects that I wanted to get done this year. Now, I'm a little confused, okay? The unofficial beginning of summer in Washington is July 5th, right? That's when it begins, the day after the 4th of July. We have had two months of bonus summer, you know, already. But in my planning, I I have these projects for the house and that, and I, I wanted them all done by July 5th, when summer began. All right, um, and I'm a, I, I goofed off last week, so I'm going to be like one week behind in my yard uh, getting the work done that I wanted to get done. But, uh, but I, I wanted to get all the major projects done. Oh, by the way, I also decided not to water the lawn so I don't have to mow it uh, <laughs> all summer long. Yeah, I'll get that project out of the way. Uh, there. Wanted, I wanted the summer free to be active, to go places, to do things, to see things, uh, not just to sit. Actually, I don't sit. I'm not a couch potato. I'm a lazy boy recliner potato. <laughs> oh, okay, I uh, sit in my lazy boy recliner. There. Um, you know, I don't mean go out and run a marathon. Okay, let's not go crazy. Uh, but, uh, you know, go to a baseball game. Um, I like the Tacoma Rainiers. Okay? I prefer to go to one of them games than go over to see the, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you can, one is you can sit a whole lot closer to the players, see what's going on. And number two, it costs a lot less money. Uh, I'm all for that. You know, go to a baseball game. If you want to go with somebody, give me a call. I'll go to the baseball game with you there. Uh, take a hike. Uh, go swimming. Uh, you know, what is it that you like to do that, that is active? And, and let's be active. And I think spiritually, the idea here is, is let's get active in, in some kind of a ministry. We're all ministers, right? And summer doesn't mean that we stop ministering to people. Uh, yeah, but in the wintertime, you know, we sit around a table, we eat, you know, we have Bible study. Um, when summer comes along, we can have more active type of, of ministries, outdoor ministries. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever had a five-day club in your backyard. Uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship uh, sponsors those. Um, but that's a, a great way to, to have a ministry during the summer. You know, take your faith out into the streets. You know, t- take food to a homeless person. Uh, go over to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, let's begin with verse 35. 
We read, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. I know a church that uh, buys up bottled water. You can buy bottled water really cheap, you know, less than four bucks for a case of bottled water at Costco. And they chill it, and they go out to the parks on a, on a Saturday or on a weekday afternoon when it's hot, and they pass out bottled water. And with it comes a little track or a little pamphlet. Okay? That's something you don't do in the winter. Okay? That's something that could be done during, during the summer. Taking our faith out into the streets. So, let's get outdoors. Let's get active. One more thing I want to suggest this morning, and that is this. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Summer is the time to laugh. Summer is a time to have fun. I mean, think about it. Many of the activities that we associate with summer are directed towards having fun, aren't they? Vacation is time off from work. That's fun. Okay? Uh, going to county fairs. I love going to county fairs. They're, they're a lot of fun. I like going to the pig barn. Okay? Yeah, it smells, but hey, I had a daughter who raised pigs, so I kind of got used to it uh, there. Um, you know, play sports outdoors. We, we all need a break. Winter, for some reason, t- tends to be a time of more stress. Uh, uh, dark d- days, cloudy skies, long work hours. Yeah, I agree with Ronald McDonald. Okay? You deserve a break today, so get out and get away. Okay? Great philosophy from a great philosopher. Um uh, If you can, work fewer hours, spend more time with the family, spend more time with friends. Karen and I kind of, we've been talking about this, and and during the summer, we want to get together with a lot of you folks, okay? We we want to get together and just do things and, and have fun together. You've heard the saying, stop and smell the roses. When do roses bloom? In the summertime, this is the perfect time to go out and smell the roses because the roses are out there now, okay? If you can, save that self-improvement project for the winter. Enjoy friends. One of the most fun times I think we ever had was four couples including Karen and I, went to a conference. 
And it was down in California. And we went to the Bible studies and all of that. But in the evening, we got together and, um, oh, we played cards and we talked. And I remember one night, we got talking about the funny side of being married. Okay? And just kind of the, the peculiarities and the quirks and, and we laughed at each other and we laughed at ourselves. And I remember well, one of the comments one of, one of the people made there, a guy said, you know, there's no sense in leaving our wives for someone better because they're all alike. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Uh, but we, we really got to know each other, and, and we had a lot of fun, and we, we talked about things that we usually don't talk about. And uh, it, it was a long time since we, I'd had that much fun with other people. Over in Proverbs fifteen thirteen, it says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Merry heart. Have fun. Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart doth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A merry heart, a joyful heart enjoying life. You know, take the summer off from trying to improve your spouse, you know, and and just enjoy them for the summer, okay? Uh, Spiritually, take time to enjoy God. The Westminster Catechism says, what is the purpose of life, and, and basically, it, it's it's to, uh, to to worship God and to enjoy Him. To enjoy God, we we sang uh, a song earlier, and, and one of the words was, you know, let the let the rocks stay silent for another day. I think something of the words to that effect. Now, Luke nineteen forty says the rocks would praise God if the people didn't. So many times we, we focus on our spiritual weaknesses, don't we? You know, we're trying to shore up the weaknesses. And maybe this whole series we just finished on the lives of Satan, we're trying to shore up the weaknesses, spiritual weaknesses in our life. You know, and, and the sermon's in with a challenge to be more committed to God, you know, be more active in service. Dare I say this? Take the summer off from spiritual self-improvement. Stop focusing on your spiritual weaknesses and enjoy your spiritual strengths for a while. Okay? Spend the summer enjoying God. I think our spiritual lives will automatically improve. For your devotions for the summer, read the Word of God looking for ways to enjoy God more. Be creative. David danced naked before the... Oh, no, we want to do that one. Uh, 
but find ways to express your love and joy for God. Okay? I find it interesting that God worked for six days and he took the seventh day off. I don't think he took the seventh day off because he was tired. I think he took the seventh day off to enjoy what he had created. I think it's a great idea to set aside one day a week to enjoy what God has done. And, and, you know, don't do yard work on that day. You know, it's called yard work because it's work, okay? It's not called yard play, Uh, you know? Don't set aside one day of the week to enjoy God because somebody says we have to, though. That's legalism. Do it just to enjoy God. Say, I'm going to take Sunday. You know, and I'm going to enjoy him with other saints in church in the morning, and then I'm going to enjoy him with with other saints outdoors in the afternoon, and and then get outside and change your diet and get active and, and just enjoy God together. If that doesn't get us out of our rut, then I think there's probably no hope for us whatsoever. I don't have any commands from God to give you today. What I really have are some suggestions. And maybe one or two of those suggestions might be helpful for you. But let's spend the summer of just enjoying God, changing up our routine, whether it be physically or spiritually, and let's just let God bless us as we enjoy him and other people together. Let's pray.